0: Welcome back everyone, this is the Pool Talk podcast about the importance of swimming pools in the UK. We have a very special guest that Mike and I are delighted to introduce to you. We are going back to basics and are going to be talking in particular about water chemistry and the changes to the guidelines that have been made during this coronavirus pandemic. If you want to contact us, please find us on Facebook or send us an email pooltalkuk at outlook.com. As pools across the UK prepare to reopen it is important that operators are fully aware of any changes to the technical operations and recommendations. This awareness though should be more than just reading new parameters on a screen but to understand the reasons behind those changes and the likely effect that they may have.
1: So who better to explain these changes then than Ian Nix? possibly one of the best-known technical voices within the industry. Ian is a member of PUTAC's council, and is possibly best known now as a trainer, but has significant experience in the management and technical operations of pools as well. Uh, I won't say for how long. Ian, how are you this morning? Very well indeed. Yourselves? Not so bad at all, thanks. What I wanted to have a chat with you about, Ian, is obviously there's been changes recently to pH levels, free chlorine levels, et cetera. First of all, for our audience, would you like to explain exactly uh, briefly what those changes are, what the changes to pH is and what the change to free chlorine levels are?
2: Yeah, um, if we go back to basics, really, in terms of what pH and free available chlorine is, obviously every drop of water on the planet Has got a pH value because of the hydrogen hydroxyl concentration. But obviously the human body uh, immersing in swimming pools, we've got to be very careful to try and keep the pH as neutral as we can to follow the human body. Now the the problem with that is, is that when we chlorinate swimming pool water, which we have done for many many years now, then the chlorination effect diminishes as the pH rises. And the reason for that is a lot of people don't realize, and why should they, that in your, your own body, naturally, you produce what is called hypochlorous acid. Hypochlorous acid helps the body to fight infection. So obviously, from a medical perspective, hypochlorous acid is very important. When we add chlorine to water, whichever form of chlorine we put in, whether it's an alkali chlorine, such as sodium or calcium, hypochloride or chlorine gas, as we used to use, or the isocyanurates, then there'll be a tendency for the pH either to lift in the pool water or to lower, depending which chlorine you use. Now, the problem is, The chlorine in water, that produces this hypochlorous acid, which we have always known as free chlorine. And every pool in the UK, if not every pool in the world, tests for that. Recently, because of COVID, we've started to call this now the free available chlorine. So when you test your pool spa water, you are actually testing for free available chlorine.
1: Okay, if I can just interrupt there. So at the the moment, the um, recommended free available chlorine level has changed what has it changed to and and why
2: right now we try to keep the free available chlorine as low as possible and obviously without digressing ultraviolet radiation or ozone as it was then that allowed us to do that but nevertheless forget ozone and uv for the time being within the covid we are now saying from PewTag that the free available chlorine should be a minimum throughout the pool of 1.5 milligrams per liter and that is if the pH is consistently controlled at pH 7. Now in the preamble there Mike uh, a minute or so ago as your pH starts to rise the active free chlorine that is contained within the free chlorine as you measure will Um. diminish So that means the killing power of chlorine is not as great as the pH starts to rise. So more importantly today, we've all known, and on training courses that you've delivered, that Rebecca's delivered and so on, that there's a pH range. Well, all we're saying today is we need to keep the lower end of that pH range to ensure that the free available chlorine content in the water throughout the whole pool, not just where we test or
1: where we dose it in, now, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good point, isn't it, Ian? Because, OK, you know, we'll, we'll come on to what happens when the pH goes up or down in, in terms of the free available chlorine. But you say that the, that free chlorine level must be 1.5. Now, is that a target or is that a minimum across the pool? Because if that's a minimum, there's a lot of pools that I know would probably have to um, set their, their chlorine dosing system to two, maybe 2.2 because of the various, you know, poor hydraulics, poor circulation, et cetera,
2: of a pool. That's perfectly right, Mike. I mean, we're saying a 1.5 minimum throughout the pool. Now, if you look at your pool hydraulics, water may come from your filtration plant back into the shallow end of the pool, let's say, a typical old-style 25-metre pool, whatever size pool you've got. Now, if we're looking at 1.5 as coming into the pool, 25 metres down the pool... In one of the corners, there may be less than 1.5. What we're saying is that it should be 1.5 minimum throughout the whole pool, which might mean, as you quite rightly say, altering the set points on any automatic dosing machines up to 1.8, 2. I've recently done a a huge survey of over 30 odd pools in the UK, and most of them have followed the TN documents from PewTag, the local technical note. From PewTag and setting their free chlorine levels higher so that they maximize the killing power throughout the pool.
1: That's, that's great. So we can do away with some of the acronyms in PewTag is the Pool Water Treatment Advisory Group, yeah. and TNT are the technical notes, all of them free to download from the PewTag website. Um, just to give them a bit of a plug www.pwtag.org. Yeah. Great sir. Okay. font of knowledge,
2: font so, of knowledge. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we now raise the our free chlorine level up to providers with 1.5 milligram per litre across the whole pool, meaning that in some cases, we might have to have a set point around about 1. 1.8, 1. 1.9, maybe even two milligrams per litre. Um, yeah. What about the pH then? Now to make that work properly, we need the pH quite low, do we?
2: Yes. Yeah. um, The tendency over the last decade, two decades, has been to use alkaline disinfectants, such as sodium hypochlorite, calcium hypochlorite, principally because of safety. Now, if you're increasing your free available chlorine level, it follows that the pH will rise slightly in your pool. So therefore, the first thing we must maintain is that we know the pH of our mains top up water. Obviously, soft water, perhaps across in God's country in Wales, the pH may be low. In alkaline waters around London, then the pH may be be high. So what we've got to do, first of all, is know the pH that's coming into our pool. Then secondly, control it with our pH correctors. Now we can use very heavy acids, uh, liquid sulfuric acid, liquid hydrochloric acid, or we can mix our own acid solutions together with sodium bisulfate or in soft water areas, we may well be using carbon dioxide, but whichever one we are using, the aim is to get the pH as low as possible. Now, in some areas and feedback that you're getting, that I'm getting, it's impossible to get your pH down to pH 7. Well, that that is not a problem. It simply means that if your pH is going to be 7.2, 7.4, then the free available chlorine has got to be higher. and PewTag, as we've just explained, have got a chart on their technical notes that says if the pH is 7, minimum free chlorine concentration of 1.5. If the pH is 7.2, if the pH is 7.4, etc., then we need to raise the free available chlorine level.
0: Okay, so and we've talked about chlorine first, and then we've talked about pH, but which one do you think is more important to get right first? Because a lot of people are going to start – wanting to put in chlorine because it's the thing that's going to kill the bugs. But actually, which one would you start with?
2: I would always go with pH first. Uh, to, To me, pH is king. If we can control the pH, then chlorine should, and I say this with respect, fall into line once you've set it on your machines. But it's the pH that is the most important thing. If you start to fight the pH, uh, as I've said, you put more chlorine in, the pH will rise perhaps, then we're fighting the pH again. So to get the pH where it wants to be, that is the paramount thing in pools. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Um, And you say that we need to bring the pH down to the lower levels. Um, What effect
2: does that have on other parameters, like the total alkalinity, for example? Well, alkalinity, uh, I mean, obviously that is the amount of alkali in in any volume body of water. And if we add acids to that water, inevitably it's going to drag down the alkalinity. Now, the problem we have is that if the alkalinity falls too low, as you're quite rightly say, Rebecca, is that will have effect on other things in the pool, such as if you're using uh, a flocculant, Uh, PAC, polymeric aluminium chloride, or using old kibbled aluminium sulfate, both of those chemicals are acidic as well. They will not react in the water unless we have a base level of alkalinity in that body of water. Now we're recommending Uh, a minimum level of say 75 80 milligrams per litre with an upper level of 200 milligrams per litre for alkalinity we've got to start and think well how do we get this to a set point in other words measuring it regularly once a week as we always have done but the important thing there is the addition of the other chemicals such as sodium bicarbonate to lift the alkalinity level now once again if i can drop back to the mains water uh, a lot of operators do not understand that there will be, depending where we are in the country, in the UK, there will be a level of alkalinity already present in the mains water, or not, as the case may be, as we say, Wales, Scotland, and so on. So really, we've got to start and look at possibly dosing in a regular amount, concentration, of sodium bicarbonate to maintain our alkalinity, so therefore the pH is not going to drop out of sight, and certainly our flocculants and so on will work effectively in our pools. Now, without going into hindsight, as Mike will well know, when I first came in the industry, we were on chlorine gas, which was very, very acidic. And you were always lifting up bicarbonate alkalinity. Now it may well be with the new norm, as people keep calling it. If and I hope we will in future keep pH values at our lower levels, seven, seven point two, then we may well have to install uh, dosing tanks in our plant room with a pump to dose in sodium bicarbonate all the time.
1: Yeah, I I, I can remember Ian working back in the dark ages when a plant room would have. Um, the equivalent to three uh, day tanks there'd be the disinfectant day tank the stabilizer day tank and the sodium bicarb day tank um but uh you know since then since the um the onset of hypochlorites, etc we've tended to say that as long as you clean the scum line in your pool with sodium bicarb that should keep the alkalinity level where it is not anymore, not no, anymore, no, no, because no. the increased use of acidic stabilizers to bring the pH down is basically ripping the guts out of the total alkalinity level. Yes, I, I've, I've seen pools even during the um since we've had this uh perishing COVID 19 pandemic around us, I've seen pools where the TA level has dropped from around about 100 to down in the 30s and 40s. And quite frankly, no matter how much cleaning of the scum line you do, you're not going to bring that up. No. I,
2: yeah. think,
1: I think then the worst thing that can happen is when people mix up a bucket of sodium bicarb at night and chuck it in the pool. And that doesn't lift it up. So tomorrow night, they put two buckets in, three mm. buckets in, four buckets in. Any, <laughs> what, what, what's your views about that practice then?
2: Now, bicarbonate, like any other chemical in the pool, has got to be added uh, a little at a time regularly to allow the levels to, to lift naturally, so to speak, not just to, as we used to say, bucket and chuck it. In a pool because it's all over the place all the time. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, uh, a a lot of pools, and perhaps this is for another subject, a lot of pools still steadfastly backwash their pool once a week, twice a week. It's no good throwing a bucket of bicarbonate tonight if you're going to backwash tomorrow and the mains water coming in is going to alter those levels. So, a little and often, uh, and like you say, we used to have two tanks in the pools that I've worked at. We had a chlorine gas cylinder, then we had sodium carbonate to the pH yeah. and sodium bicarbonate to lift the alkalinity. Yeah. And I, I remember so far back that certainly in a pool that I worked in, uh, in Chesterfield, my hometown, then we eventually took some sand out of our filter and put in a mineral called Actolite, a dolomitic media, magnadol, dolomitic media. And that was to give us really our first oh, naturally automatic pH corrector, because then we didn't have to put, uh, sodium carbonate in but we had to refresh the dolomite media because the acidity of the water ate it all away and that's what happens now on cruise ships where they produce their own water and so on so you, you can't just look at it in chlorine and ph ph is the most important thing but how all the other mineral chemical levels in the pool will be altered by trying to keep the ph levels down
1: yeah but i'm afraid Ian, i can go back further than you um to the time where we never had blue water in pools because everything in those days was everything was black and white anyway right <laughs> yeah. Even was black and white everything was black and white yeah. um, just going back to this um, chlorine level again what, what's the reason for having it lifted up from where we used to say anything anything above one one milligram per liter and now it's got to be a minimum of 1.5 what's the reason behind that? right
2: the reasoning behind it is and and don't forget we're speaking about uk pools here where if we're having this chat in germany austria switzerland france and so on then they'd be looking at it differently anyway but um just 20 seconds we know that UV will break down COVID-19. We we don't have a problem with that. So forget the UV at the moment, we're still talking about these chlorine levels even if we're on UV. Now, the reason we're keeping chlorine levels higher is because the UV, COVID-19, SARS-2 from 2003 and so on, we know that chlorine will break down what we're calling the envelope virus. Now, that means we've got to have sufficient residue of chlorine in the water to do two things, to break down the envelope, i.e., because once that virus detaches itself from from the body so to speak in the cells it will take a little bit of that cell with it so we've got to try and get through that cell as well as killing the virus inside it's different to a bacteria to e coli legionella where we can kill the bacteria straight away with low levels of chlorine that is not the case with covid and that's why we're saying a minimum sorry
0: are saying it's got an extra envelope around it that protects it yes. from chlorine at normal levels in
2: the pool? Well, not, not so much protect it from chlorine, but it will protect it to get into another host. In other words, that's how it's transmitted through sort of mankind. But yes, essentially, as far as we're talking about in a swimming pool, yes, we're right. We've got to break down the envelope and then break down the virus. And that's why we're keeping chlorine levels higher than the old norm. I, 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 hopefully this won't be the new norm, but nevertheless, for the time being, yes. Is,
1: is, is it too much of an extension then to say, in that as long as a pool genuinely has got very low pH, 7, 7.1 maybe around there, and they keep um, a minimum free chlorine level of 1.5 across the whole pool, then the pool water in the current uh, situation that we're in is actually a reasonably safe place to be. <laughs> and 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 the and the problems really are getting people in and out of the water rather than when they're in the water.
2: A, a swimming a swimming pool is probably the safest place in the town to be.
1: Yeah.
2: In, in the water itself, uh, I mean, opening up into a whole new uh, different discussion there, Mike, uh, of the periphery around the pools. That's a whole new ballgame altogether. Yeah. Yeah. The showering, uh, towels, changing room areas. And, and the big one, of course, that's been highlighted now with research is ventilation.
0: We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page or via email, PoolTalkUK at Outlook.com. PoolTalk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts.